Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. Well, good morning. Uh, It's always a privilege to to share and to be with you. And so as Barrett said, we're going to continue our teaching and study on the rhythms of grace, growing spiritual habits. Our model that we've been using to... um, kind of be the image of what we are supporting and trying to promote is is there where we are focusing on the big elements if you would the buckets of the word prayer that we finish today and then we'll be looking next month uh, in church life now this has been an extremely helpful model but you know it's not not the only model that represents habits or spiritual uh, elements. There, there are other models out there. In fact, um, I grew up with one and served in ministry early in my days. Does anybody know what that is? <laughs> this is a box of Sunday school envelopes. Sunday school, for some of you, that's Bible study at church on Sunday morning in groups. And that's, um, that's the envelope. I've got a picture of it here that people would bring and um, turn into their classes, their Sunday school class. Notice what, what you're asked to, uh, to do here. Obviously put your name in there. And um, here you, you literally put how many visits did you make on behalf of the church? this past week, right there, the number, or, or Christ, you had conversations. How many phone calls did you make? How about other contacts? Maybe uh, back then it was postcards, I guess it can still be postcards, emails, texts. And so you would combine all that and put it right up there, total contacts. Now, these were turned in, but there was somebody in the church office compiling all that, so at the end of the day, we would know as a church how many of those contacts we made. I think Mitchell's going to really work on that <laughs> with, uh, with envelopes. But you put your class, your department, the amount of money that you're putting in, that's how, that's how they would keep up with it, is in the, in the envelope. But this is the, one I, this is the, the part I want to draw your attention to. Notice that you had to mark you were present well, that's because sometimes the envelope would get turned in for your offering, but you may not be there. So to count, you had to mark you were present. You, you're, you're, you see these uh, percentages, right? So, so you're checking that off. I love this one. You're on time. <laughs> you had to check that off. Bible. That's not reading the Bible. That's just if you brought it. Okay, you got 10% if you brought it. Offering, if you made an offering. Uh, Now, you had to know the system on this because that doesn't mean you brought an offering that day. If you were regular in giving, whether it's once a month, every other week, bi-weekly or whatever, 
then you can check it, even if you didn't put any money in the offering envelope. The lesson, that's if you studied your lesson. Y'all are looking at me. I'm not making this up. Okay? That's, that's if you prepared your lesson, which had Bible in it, but it was the Sunday school book. It was interesting to watch a lot of people coming to church cramming out of their Sunday school books so they could mark that. And then preaching. Did you stay for preaching or did you go to preaching? So you get to total all that up. And of course, everybody was striving to be 100%, but sometime that week you might be a 70% Christian. I don't know. You might thought I pulled this out of uh, my file. Actually, I ordered it from Lifeway Christian Resources last month. They still sell these things. <laughs> I guess it was helpful in the day and maybe still helpful for some, but I would suggest and encourage us to recognize that spiritual habits are not about making a grade. They are about grace. And spiritual habits position us to experience God's grace. James 4, 8 reads, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Incorporating the habits of grace into our lives provides a very practical way of drawing near to God. Habits are very, very important and helpful, the right habits. Now we have a habit at the house that I'm assuming some of you all have the same habit, and that is that Paula and I make up our bed every morning. Now I learned that habit early in our marriage as she led me to that habit of making our bed every morning. There it is. Now, it's not, it's not a usual like pull your cover over the sheet and pillows. We actually take the pillows off that we slept on, put them in a closet, and we bring these pillows out and put them on the bed. I mean, this is a big deal. It's a major thing. And frankly, we're the only two for, uh, probably the whole day that will see that. So I had to kind of be converted to this. I, I even remember conversations early on like, well, what difference, you know, what's it matter too much? And she said, well, if something happens to us, people are gonna come in and see our bed not made. <laughs> How do you argue with that? I mean. <laughs> well, I got tested recently about this habit. She and a couple of daughters and some grandkids went on a trip for a week. I was by myself with the dog. I woke up that first morning and I looked at the bed. And I went, hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't make it up. And then I went on about my day and I wasn't right the rest of the day. <laughs> Something was off. 
I could hear in the back of my head, if something happens to you, they're going to see that bed, not me. So guess what I did the next morning? I took the pillows that I slept off, put them in the closet, brought these out, made the bed, and there you go. And I did that every morning. I actually took a picture of it and sent it to her. (laughs) Why did I do that? Because as as you can tell, obviously making the bed in and of itself really isn't that big a deal to me. It doesn't matter that much, but she matters. She matters. And when I made that bed, it was literally like in that habit I was drawing near to her. I was being in sync with her even though she was far away. The spiritual habits we do to draw us near to God matters because He matters. He matters more than anything else in our lives. And in practicing our rhythms of grace, we draw near to God and He draws near to us and we become in sync with Him and His grace. Today we're going to look at the habit of listening. We're going to look at that um, last element of prayer, focus in on listening. Our sermon um, outline uh, is what is the habit of listening to God? How important is it? Well, that seems obvious, but we need to unpack that a little bit. And what does listening to God look like? You know, the, um, the idea of um, the habit of listening was a bit intriguing to me. And we'll look at that a moment because this is different than some of the other things that we've been talking about. It's not necessarily a time and place as much as it's a practice. So I want, us to, I want us to reflect on that. But before we do, I do want to read some scripture from 1 Kings. And I want to, I want to share something with you. Um, most of you, many of you were here when Claude King spoke. And he is the author, co-author of Experiencing God along with Henry Blackaby. And you might have heard me share in my introduction with him that um, the release of that study of experiencing God, which was the testimony and experience of these two men in the Word, released the same year I experienced the most trying and difficult time in my life and ministry. So I'm going to be drawing from some of those things that I held on to very deeply from their teaching, not because I just learned what they taught, but in the last 30 years, it's those things I've been looking to God to live in and to embrace. And a lot of what I share today will come out of that experience of learning and living in the truths of God's Word uh, from, from that study. But I also want to give as really not so much a teaching passage today but an example and demonstration 
of what it means to have a habit of listening. This is the story of Elijah. Elijah, I mean, uh, 1 Kings 19. Uh, Elijah has just completed the great contest against the prophets of Baal where he faced off with them to tell them that uh, they needed to uh, try to get their God to respond and to answer his, um, their, their worship. And what was really happening here is that God was using Elijah as an agent of judgment because they weren't able to pull it off, but he was able with God's power to demonstrate that God was active, powerful, and he came in a big way and overcame the prophets of Baal. This is after that because instead of there being a great revival in the land and conversions and people coming to God, it was quite the opposite. Here's the story. Ahab told Jezebel, who is the queen at that time, all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And then he was afraid. And he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now. O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? 
He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king of Syria, and Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elijah, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. I'm going to finish there. What a great story of conversation that this prophet had with a living God. So let's look, at, uh, let's look at our outline and ask the question, what is the habit of listening to God? Now this is different from that time and place we might think about going off somewhere to listen to God. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But a habit of listening isn't just a time and place. Let's, let's look at the definitions. Listening is to hear something very thoughtful, with thoughtful attention, and to give consideration. An element of responding can be found in some of the definitions. So that's listening. What about the habit? Well, a habit's a settled tendency or a usual manner of behavior. Now, Habit of listening is different than selective hearing. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes we hear what we want to hear. I know Paula will ask me sometimes, did you hear what I said? And I said, no, I didn't hear that. I'm confessing a lot here today, but it would be, I just didn't listen. And we do that with one another, and frankly, we do that with God. Sometimes we want to hear what we want to hear from God, and we don't listen with a habit prone to God. Listening to God is an immediate mode of behavior to give Him our undivided attention with the posture to do whatever He says. That's what we see in Elijah. This story of Elijah, he's having conversation with God, and even though he he just threw himself down and said, Lord, I'm ready to die. He didn't stop listening to God. They were carrying on conversation. So how important is it, is it to listen to God? That seems rather obvious, but I want to suggest some very important things. As we give God our undivided attention, he reveals not just something for us, but he reveals himself to us. We get to know and discover who he is as we listen to him. Elijah was an agent of judgment just previous, and he knew about God's power, and he knew about God's judgment, but what he discovered in this moment was God's mercy, and God's care, and God's comfort as he was listening and availing himself to him. Not only do we get to discover who he is, his character, his name, his ways. He reveals his perspective to us. 
When we have times of opportunity and decisions to make, it's more important that we get God's perspective about that, not our own or someone else's. We need to know what God thinks about that. We must listen carefully to get his perspective. And especially in times of crisis and struggle, we need to know his perspective. I loved what Barrett said last Sunday when he said not to judge the cross by our circumstances, but rather judge our circumstances by the cross. You see, Elijah told God he was all by himself. He told him twice. I, I alone survived, and they want to kill me. And as he listened to God, he learned from God, not only was he not alone, there were 7,000 others just waiting on him to join him who would be bowing, not bowing down to Baal, but following God. Elijah felt like a failure. Nobody responded. In fact, they got angry with him. He felt as if he had utterly failed, even with a mighty act of God. And God just said, I'm still working. I'm still working. And he reveals not only himself, his perspective, he reveals his purposes to us when we listen. You see, God's, God's call of Elijah was, you're not through yet. I'm still at work here. I have something else going on here that you need to be a part of. You got a couple of kings to anoint. And the name Elijah, if you recognize it at all, a mighty man of God as a prophet in a very hard time of Israel. And it was Elijah's opportunity to join God in the purposes of passing the baton to him. That's why we need to listen to God above all else. So what does it look like to listen to God? What, what, what in the world can we understand about how to listen to God? Well, the first thing I would say, listening to God is living in a real, personal, practical relationship with God. How do we do that? Look at John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus himself said, I will ask the Father, talking to his followers, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you Paul went on later to say in 1 Corinthians 3 16 do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you this is the relationship with God you wake up in the morning and he's there. You go through the course of your day, and he's there. You come home at night, he's there. You eat, he's there. You go to sleep, there. Now that may actually seem a little scary to some of you, I don't know, but it's not. 
it's good. It's good. Do you see in the middle of a sin struggle, in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of despair, he's there. And it's good. It's really, really good. Listening to God looks like a living, real, personal, practical relationship. He's there. But also, listening to God looks like knowing the ways God speaks through the Holy Spirit. To know how best we need to listen, we need to know how He speaks. This is true with with any of us, relationships with others. We need to recognize the different ways that people speak, obviously with words, but then there are facial expressions and there's body language and there's the look that communicates. There may be writings that reveals the very heart and soul of a person. In Hebrews 1.1, long ago at many times and in many ways, the writer says, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Now in the Old Testament, God spoke in many different ways. And the takeaway here is that it is evident that throughout the Bible, God speaks to people. He's not hiding. He's not trying to make it hard for us. He's speaking to people. And when he spoke, the person knew God was speaking and he understood what God was saying. There's no indication at all that Elijah didn't realize what was going on, didn't know that God was, he knew that God was speaking to him and he knew what he was saying. And when God spoke in the Old Testament, the experience was unique to the individual. He didn't have a cookie cutter way of talking and speaking. Elijah heard that whisper, that still small voice following the eruption of all that happened around him. That, that never is represented again in Scripture as a way that God spoke to others. With Moses, it was fire. It was the burning bush. And he heard God speak. But there again, there was no other burning bush recorded. God spoke uniquely To David, he spoke uniquely, probably as he started singing and praising God. He began to hear from God uniquely about God. But in Hebrews 1, 2, we see that not only did he speak prior through many ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. You see, in the gospel accounts, God was in Christ. God spoke by Jesus. John 1, 1, speaking of Jesus, because in verse 14 he said that the word became flesh, he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When we, when the disciples heard Jesus, they heard God. And now when we move 
from the Gospels to Acts and then the, res, the, the expansion of his church and even now to today, if we're not careful, we will change our mindset about our hearing God speak. We can live today as if God quit speaking personally to his people. We can say that was back in that day, but today it's different. But remember what we just read, Christ promised us a helper, the Holy Spirit who is with us and in us. In fact, in John 15, 26, Jesus said again, when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Here's the bottom line. Because the Holy Spirit is always present in a believer, God can speak to us at any time. Remember, prayer is not a religious activity. It is a real, personal, practical relationship with God. And through the Spirit, God speaks uniquely to individuals and to each one of us. And as we walk closely in our relationship with God, we will recognize His voice. You see, it's the habit. As we walk with Him, He speaks to us and we will recognize His voice. Jesus even said about Himself as the good shepherd, but He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So here's the question. What are the different ways that God and the Holy Spirit may use to speak to us today? Because he speaks personally to each one of us. Well, he speaks by the Holy Spirit, primarily through the Bible, prayer, even circumstances, and church life. Does that sound familiar? Let's look. I think there. That's how he speaks. If we're listening, we're paying attention as we live in these rhythms of grace. Now these ways are difficult to separate. We've presented them, but you can't take the word away from prayer, and that's why they're meshed with the gears. They're inter interrelated and interlocked. God uses prayer and the Bible together. You can just pray the Bible back to God. Many of you do that. I do that. We pray the Word back to God and then we hear from God. Oftentimes, circumstances and the church or other believers in our life will help confirm what God is saying. Have you had that to happen? God is stirring in your heart and in your mind a word. And then 
There's confirmation as you encounter different ones. He, he doesn't speak with mixed messages. He speaks clearly and personally if we are attentive. God frequently even uses circumstances in the church to help us maybe not just know what he's saying, but about the timing of what he's saying. But here's the deal. So often our problem is that we spend time in these habits. We'll, we'll live in these habits, and especially we'll live in prayer. But when we, we pray, we don't necessarily relate our prayers to anything that subsequently happens. It's sort of like we've done our prayer and then we go on about our life. But when we pray, we need to immediately anticipate God's response. We need to immediately look for his answer. Like Elijah, we need to wait for it. We need to be in anticipation of it. We need to be on high alert. We need to connect what's going on in our reading and in our praying and our conversations about that conversation we're having with God. We need to make those things a part of our attention, our undivided attention. And as we experience drawing near to Him through those habits, He draws near to us and speaks to us. This morning, Mitchell sent me a an encouragement from Psalm 95 when he said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. That means today, as you spend time with him and you hear his voice, listen with undivided attention with the posture to do what he says. Now, in closing, another element of what listening to God looks like is that we do need to take a break from the chaos from time to time. We need to move into some periods of silence and solitude. Let's get real. We aren't going to be able to fully immerse ourselves in the way God speaks unless we take a break from the chaos, unless we position ourselves with undivided attention only to Him and we intentionally spend time in silence and solitude. Now, silence and solitude in and of itself is not a spiritual grace. It is a platform. We can get away and we can be silent, we can be in solitude, but never draw our attention to what God is saying. It's an intentional effort to hear from God as we pull away. David Mathis in his Habits of Grace reminds us that getting away from time to time has always been a human necessity, but it's all more pressing in modern life today. And Donald Whitney says, one of the costs of technological advancement is a greater temptation to avoid quietness. We actually need to get alone and be quiet more than ever before. Then we can bring the habits of the word, prayer, reflection, and anticipation of circumstances, and even conversations of other believers into that silence and solitude to hear clearly the voice of God. So we make room. And how do we do that? Well, we can go on personal retreats, proactively or in response. Elijah went on a retreat 
in response to great despair and fear. He got away. Jesus, on the other hand, in anticipation of what was ahead, he was proactive. He got away. It says in Luke 4.1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. That same Holy Spirit leading Jesus leads us today. And there are times we need to go with the Holy Spirit in a time of extended silence and solitude. That may be a weekend. It may just be a day. It may be a week. Whatever you can put aside to spend extended time with the Lord. But there are daily respites. We might call those daily quiet times where we, like Jesus did, Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Now for you folks who aren't morning people, let me read Matthew 14. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, got it covered. We just need whatever rhythm is best for us to take away some quiet time during the day. Whatever we can grab, be intentional to have that quiet time. But what about in the moment? What about in the middle of the chaos? Can he show up then? Absolutely. We just need to recognize when he's speaking and give our undivided attention, just like we would as we're walking with a friend or our spouse in the middle of a crowd and all of a sudden they speak to us and we turn our head and we shut everything out but them. That's how we can listen to God even in the midst of the chaos. Speaking by, and, and our giving undivided attention. There are some natural rhythms in your life right now that you wouldn't have to carve away new time. You just got to redeem the rhythm. I know for me, for 22 years, I traveled in all the state of Mississippi. Now, when you go through the Delta, you have some time on your hands. And when you're traveling from Tupelo to Meridian, you have some time on your hands, don't you? There are things you're doing during the day. It may be commuting. It may be just waiting for something that can be redeemed with time with God to give Him our undivided attention. Those were some special times for me. When I first started, I was listening to the radio all the time, and I was listening to tapes. I, I was doing some, just, just enjoying it. And toward the middle of my time of serving there, I began to turn the radio off. I began to recognize the value of the quiet. And sometimes I would get immersed in the silence and the conversation I was having with the Lord. 
I had to be careful because sometimes I would look up and I had no idea where I was. But I was able to go to him and carry on conversation with him out of my reading, out of my prayer. They were, that was prayer. Out of what was going on in my life, those were natural rhythms for me to enjoy and experience. That's what it looks like to listen to God. Live in that relationship. Know the different ways He speaks through the Holy Spirit. And take a break from the chaos. For you see, that's how we'll get to know who He is and get to know His perspective and His purposes. I have to go there, even serving here at the church from time to time. I have to revisit the Lord, get His perspective, get His purposes. You see, that I found out not too long into serving here that you kind of ride a, an emotional roller coaster here. You see, you, you, get in my, you get in my heart when I get to know you. I want to get to know you. That's why I bother you sometimes. I ask you, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? You get in my heart. And then there are those that are deep in my heart. And because of their season of life or the call of God on their life, they leave. Some of you will be leaving. I know that in advance. And I have a choice to make. Do I guard my heart? Do I just hang on to those I know are going to stay around and just sort of nod? Or do I open up freely and openly to let you in? And to ask you to let me in so I know how to pray and how to support you. I listen to God instead of to my emotions. I listen to God to get a perspective of what it means to be here. It's not for me, it's for, for the kingdom. And if you could pull up on the computer, and I think there is a way to do this, all the people who have come and gone through ICC in the last 15 plus years and did what you would call a pen map of all the people who have been touched by ICC, do you know what you'd see? You'd see people on mission for Christ all over this world. And in the heart of Memphis, you see all of that. That's his perspective. That's his purpose. That we get to be a part of. I get to be a part of. If I listen to him, I understand the call on my life and the call on our life as a church. He's tugging at you. He's tugging at you. He's speaking to you. He's been stirring. He's been having conversation with you. Now, I want to be real upfront to you. I don't know who you are here, but if you're 
not a believer and you've not entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, what I've been talking with you about is really not your experience. You may be doing some things and participating in the experience of what it means to follow Christ and maybe even participating in activity, but unless you have a relationship with Him, this is not your experience. Now, do I say that to be mean? No. Whatsoever. I say that to invite you. I say that to encourage you that this can be your experience to have that daily relationship with Jesus Christ and to know Him daily by repenting completely of sin in our life and embracing His sacrifice for us. And you can know Him and walk with Him daily. That's the invite today. We'll have prayer counselors up here. You can come and talk with us about that. And if you have that relationship, maybe you've sort of gotten lost in the midst of the chaos and you've forgotten he's there. Wherever you are, he's there. He's speaking and you need to hear from him. And this is the opportunity for you just to stop and turn and give him your undivided attention. Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15:13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.